0: Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his goods. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his goods. Amen. This sermon is so easy but so difficult at the same time. It's easy because it it rolls out in a very clear and a very straightforward way. Jesus doesn't mix His words. Jesus doesn't nuance stuff. It just kind of is what it is. And He addresses a question that's not unfamiliar to pastors, preachers, and, and the like. My first Sunday here... My first Sunday as senior pastor, I walked right out the back aisle and the gentleman was sitting right where Sheila and Dale are. He looks at me and he said, well, now that you're finally the real pastor around here, you can fix the inheritance problem that I have with my brother. And I thought, you've got to be kidding me. Right? He was not screwing around. He was dead serious. And it was not a a, a million dollar thing, it was a little house and a little thing and all that stuff, and I was smart enough to not be drug into that, but it's not an unfamiliar thing that a person says, Pastor, you're wise, you got it figured out, you tell my brother what he's got to do. And what he's saying is, you bring the name of God against my brother, and you say God told you to tell him to give me my inheritance. It's interesting to think about that text. Jesus says, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Timothy, life does not consist in the abundance of your possessions. This afternoon, my job is to clean out my garage. I don't care how hot it is, it's gonna be cleaned out completely when I'm done. And it's ironic that I preach this text. And I'm telling you that the possessions in my garage are not my wife's, they are mine. Now you tell my brother to take care of the inheritance, the gentleman said to Jesus. There was this situation there where the people to whom Jesus was speaking were wealthy. He was not speaking down to the poor people, he was working his way now into the religious people and the people who had everything figured out. He was talking to the people who had some dough and had some money saved up. He was talking to people who had figured out the religious comings and goings and had found ways to become very, very wealthy, sponging off the pilgrims to Jerusalem and all of those sorts of things. And so as we take a look this morning at Luke chapter 12, it becomes an interesting time to reflect and meditate on what we have. And even beyond that, on the meaning of life. Because honestly, we all have a lot, And so we go and we think. If you look at the text today from Luke 12 and you kind of bop through that a little bit and you, and you think about it as, as, as you read through it, it's an interesting thing. Jesus is teaching, a guy comes up to him and Jesus says, watch out and be on guard. And then he comes back to that thing. And if you haven't figured it out yet, right, that's the refrain. A person's life does not consist in the abundance of their good. And then Jesus begins to teach, telling a little story and saying, here's the deal. Here's how it works. There was a guy. And the focus of the man of which Jesus speaks in the parable is himself. Just look at the language. It's fantastic. it, It must help to be omniscient when you preach because Jesus just lays it out. One verse, the guy says, he himself, I, I. And then the next verse he says, he, I, 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 and myself. And that piece reflects very strongly on a couple of realities. And one is that this guy's completely and totally alone. He did not come back and say, I'm going to speak to my board of directors, and we're going to figure out what barns and how many square feet and how much silage we're going to put here and how we're going to heat this and cool that. And it's going to be great, no, no problem. He he talks to himself. I know what I'll do. I'll build bigger barns. I'll store more wheat. I'll have more stuff together so that I can eat, drink, and be merry. He doesn't speak of wife or children or family or nothing. Friends, nothing. He's utterly and completely alone living in his own little self-centered universe. I thought that was brilliant on the part of the Lord to draw this guy who's completely selfish to be utterly Alone. And then the reality that his timeline is a lot shorter than he thought. I've been a pastor 31 years. There's been a couple of funerals in that time where I would want to stand up and say the word of the Lord from Luke chapter 12. You fool. Our timeline may be shorter than we think. Maybe the truck hits us going across Chapman Avenue today. I don't know. Maybe we live to be 100 and the Lord comes like a thief in the night. I don't know. But for this guy, in this parable, the timeline's a lot shorter than he thinks. And so when Jesus says, watch out and be on guard, he's not playing. Because our time is in the hands of the Almighty. He's the one who's got it figured out. He's the one who knows And the last thing I want to hear, or I want you to hear over the back of your shoulder is, you fool. So when he tells us to be on guard and watch out, he's saying, live in the moment a little bit. You have to plan and be smart and organize and pull things together. But you also got to understand that today could be the day. And it's that worldview, it's that way of thinking that is unique for Christians, that pagans, I mean, that's the way a pagan looks at things. But a Christian says, today could be the day, tomorrow could be the day, but either way, I'm going to be on guard and watch out. And sometimes, just saying, the timeline is shorter than we think. And we live with a different sense of urgency knowing Jesus than the people do without Him. So what does life not consist of? Well, here you go. Life does not consist in abundance of possessions. Man, yesterday I got on my mountain bike. It was so nice. My buddy has the mountain bike. I got the decoy too. He's got the decoy six. It's full carbon. It's got better brakes. It's got nicer shifters. It's unreal. It's like a motorcycle. You get the, your heart rate can't go up over 60 when you're... Right? And I find myself coveting Gordon's motor uh, motorcycle, his mountain bike. I'm like, oh my God. Timothy, life does not consist in abundance of possessions. Life does not consist in having stuff. The meaning of life is bigger and grander than the inventory of things in my garage or yours or your storage unit that's filled with stuff. And so this begs a larger question. If life does not consist in the abundance of our possessions, then what does life consist of? Well, how about this? You're here today because your life is focused on something bigger and grander than your stuff. Because right now you're not really accumulating more stuff. Were this sermon done five years ago, I could say, as you're sitting here, your dollars are making interest and you're getting richer as you're sitting here. Now I can say, I don't know. And if life consists of the abundance of our dollars, then we've all taken a bath over the last six months. I at the financial report over the last uh, 12 months of the church. And our in-school endowment fund went from almost $4.9 million to $4.2 million. But a congregation's life does not consist in the abundance of their endowment fund. You're here today for more than that. You're, you're here today for more than the bottom line. You got yourself out of bed, you, 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 you put yourself together, you did your hair, you, you did what you got to do to get here today because you needed something bigger. And every Sunday provides an opportunity to refocus, to nod our heads at Luke chapter 12 and say, you know what, Jesus is right. And sometimes in those other six days I get so caught up in all the stuff that I lose sight of what really matters. And when we gather together on Sunday, when our life revolves around a relationship with Jesus, it allows us that moment to refocus. Part of the problem going on in our culture right now is people are so politically saturated and so out of the rhythm of worship that they wrap themselves around the axle of their car or their tractor because they can't refocus and reframe the reality that life is bigger than what we have. This morning we get to have music and hymns and prayers and preaching and community that all reflect revolves around something bigger than us. And it allows us that opportunity to refocus our lives, which is absolutely what everybody, including your pastor, needs. And there's those moments of renewal, I don't know about you but when micah speaks of forgiveness and says in the name of jesus your sins are forgiven i need that because i don't hear that every day every day i hear more better more better make the call do this reach out care pray get after it let's go and and i need that renewal in god's grace Something that reminds me that there's something more important than me and something bigger around which life revolves than me. And the renewal that comes in the gospel of Jesus Christ is ours. Day by day, His mercy does attend me. And I need to be here today, as do you all, to find that renewal and that refreshment. I don't know about you, but this is different than everything else I do all week. There, there is not another thing even the funeral that my young vicar here preached up He preached his first sermon this week. It was fantastic. It was unreal. That was unreal We're gonna line him up I think Christmas Eve and just let him go. It'll be great. He's ready to roll, right? But it's refreshing, right? I can't tell you how many emails I get about how much you guys like Micah. Why? Well, he's young He has a friend cutting his hair, and he's got lots of hair, and he's got a big smile, and he loves to make it happen. It's refreshing, isn't it? It could be 130 degrees out here, but to gather around and watch children run around and encourage one another and see people we wouldn't ordinarily see, there's a refreshment that comes in community that is unlike anything else that we do all week. And the last piece is that reminder the reminder that life does not consist in the abundance of our good, but the abundance of life consists in being rich towards God. Because if life doesn't consist of an abundance of good, then what does life consist of? Well, Jesus says it it's about being rich towards God. And that marvelous verse from Colossians this morning says, Set your hearts on things above. Attach yourself to something bigger and grander than just the next thing to buy. Set your mind on things that are bigger than than just what orbits you. Get out of the I, 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 me, 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 have, 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 buy, buy, buy. And set your heart and your mind on things that are grander and you won't be disappointed. there's two ways to make that happen and one is to acknowledge the source of all the stuff that there is and that we have psalm 24 1 the earth is the lord's and the fullness thereof the world and they that dwell therein i love the older language of that and the fullness thereof right fullness and abundance the world and and they that dwell therein And understanding that my life is bigger than me and what I want, and that God in His grace, God in His love, God God in His providential care has provided everything I need, even if my mountain bike is not fully carbon, it's unreal. Even though my house isn't exactly the way I want it, even though my garage has to be cleaned up, even though I'm looking at the next, wait a minute. Back in, back in. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. I had dinner last night with a friend who's a psychologist. He and his wife both work together. I said, I have a friend I'd like to refer to you. He said, I can't take any new clients. I'm three months out. I go, you've got to be kidding me. I said, before COVID, you just kind of sat around and twiddled your thumbs. (laughs) You wonder why people are chronically anxious and chronically uptight? wonder why people have road rage and jump out of their car and want to clobber somebody else? Perhaps it's because they fail to acknowledge the source of all the stuff and let the anxiety about the stuff rest in the lap of god the earth is the lord's and the fullness thereof the world and they that dwell therein sometimes it's okay when you're cleaning your garage or picking up your stuff and putting your things away and saying all of this comes from the hand of god all of this wealth all of these things the abundance of things comes From the Lord. And the second thing is share, share, share. Them, them, them. Talk about them. Think about them. Set your hearts and your minds on them, on being a giver rather than taker, on being a, a a giver rather than a consumer. One of the things I brought with me today was this piece. And this is a gourd that I got from a lady in Swaziland in Africa, and I was working with a group called Kids Around the World. We built three or four, I think four uh, playgrounds now with kids around the world, and we flew into uh, Johannesburg, and then we drove across South Africa, and I've never seen poverty anywhere like rural Swaziland. I elbowed my friend i was on the trip with i said how many times a day do these kids get to eat she said once i was a little bigger man back then so we did our tour again people just i mean literally dirt poor. And the work of kids around the world was to bring food, and food is not the, 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 the marvelous food I had last night in downtown Tustin, it's lentils and protein packs and things that are boiled, and maybe you put a little protein in it if you have maybe a goat or something like that. And so as we toured, the lady pulled me aside and she said, I want you to have this. And I said, I can't take anything from you. And she said, this will always remind you of your trip. And that I am your friend. I keep this in my closet. And oddly enough, I put stuff, sometimes receipts in here. A person's life does not consist in the abundance of their goods. If it does, then my life's better than hers. My faith is richer than hers. My, but her faith. Her generosity from nothing is a humbling piece for me, that she would think enough for me, having only seen me for two days, to slide something that toward me, them, them, them. Give, give, give. A person's life does not consist in the abundance of their possessions. And this helps remind me of that and frees me from this horrible runaround of having to have more and better stuff. My friend Leslie, who sits back where Tim Ponder and Randy Talmadge are. My friend Leslie Cornelius, whose father was a missionary in India and died at a very early age to stand at his grave was very, very humbling. Um, We traveled with Leslie and his cousin, Tiki, named after Tiki in the Bible, and we traveled into some very, very poor parts of India. At one point, we stopped in people's homes and had a a beautiful little dinner. And if you ask me what we ate, I couldn't tell you. I could tell you that the protein was goat. I couldn't tell you anything else that it was. And I remember standing in the living room and praying with the people and looking down. And don't ask me why. I had my eyes open, but I had my eyes open as we were praying, some praying in Tamil, some praying in English. But there were ladies there who had two toes on this foot and three toes on that foot and two toes on this foot and four toes on that foot. I was reminded that they gave us all they had to feed us that afternoon. And they were just overjoyed that we could pray together. And one of the ladies gave me this piece which has got some beans and held together just to remind me that they pray for us. (laughs) To remind me, who lives in Orange County, that my life does not merely consist of the abundance of the things that I have. That's kind of sobering to think about, isn't it? That we who have been given so much called to acknowledge the one from whom everything comes and to be generous with everything we have you see it's that attitude that wars against the consumerism of the pagan culture and leads our hearts and minds to things above where God provides transcendent peace and a reminder that life is bigger and grander than just what we can purchase. Amen. Amen. Join me in prayer. Lord, each one of us has stories. So many, so many people here gathered today started out with nothing. Lord, whether they uh, went into the military from the Midwest and said, hey, California's a good place and started with nothing and... Uh, families who lost a, a father or a mother or both, and the, and the children had to raise one another. Lord, I know those stories are in this sanctuary this morning. And so we're reminded that we're gathered together by the generosity of your heart, that your love for us, you, you provide so many things that we, we want and, and, and everything that we need. So grant us Lord a richness of gratitude toward you. Stop us before we dig in to pray. Pause us after we've eaten to look around and say, thank you Lord. Help us in the midst of all the, 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 just the garbage in the world today. Renew, refresh our hearts and our minds that we would be people of great generosity And people who share of the encouragement of our hearts, of of the the intellect that we have. And uh, Lord, a portion of the stuff that you've given to us. Thank you for our church, for for a church that's so generous, Lord. We've, We've got a lot of sins and a lot of stuff, but it's such a generous congregation. Thank you for that. And that our heart is a giving heart. And I pray you continue to wash that over in our souls that we would be a blessing to one another and a blessing to your people throughout Orange County and, Lord, India and Africa and wherever you would send us. All these things we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.